So, welcome back after break. So, let's continue immediately. Maybe make more texts today than usual. <laughs> so, we are going to continue with text number 69. God does not want us to be lying idly on our backs. Therefore, he does not affect everything himself. Nor does he want us to be boastful. Therefore, he did not give us everything. But having taken away from each of the two alternatives what is harmful, he has left us what is for our good. Truly, does the psalmist say, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain that build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman keeps awake in vain. For it is impossible to tread on the asp and ballastic and trample on the lion and dragon. Unless you have first cleansed yourself as far as you can and have been strengthened by him who said to the apostles, see, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and on all the enemy's power. <coughs> it is on this account that we have been commanded to entreat the master not to lead us into temptation, but to deliver us from the evil one. For if we are not delivered from the fiery arrows of the evil one through the power and help of Christ and found worthy of attaining this passion, we are laboring in vain, thinking that through our own powers or efforts we shall accomplish something. Therefore, he who wishes to stand against the wiles of the devil and render them ineffectual and <clears throat> to share in the divine glory ought day and night to seek God's help and divine succor with tears and sighs, with insatiable longing and fire in his soul. He who wishes to share in this glory purges his soul of all worldly pleasures and of hostile passions and desires. It is of such souls that God speaks when he says, I will dwell in them and walk in them. And the Lord said to his disciples, If a man loves me, he will keep my commandments, and my Father will love him. And we will come to him and take up our abode with him. <coughs> A little bit longer text than usual. But I think that he had to write longer this advice or counsel because it is very important what he's saying here. One thing is that it is he's giving like huge encouragement uh, because he speaks about God's help in the in the time of war, the spiritual war, and this battle, and he tells us that well, this God's help um, is something that brings us to victory if we fight this. Lord. This is why when we read uh, uh, Holy Fathers, this teacher of spiritual life, we can find many times that they encourage us to fight even if we are underground. So if even if enemy somehow puts you down, that you think that you are already failed, don't give up. If you are in, so, so 
use the spiritual sword even if you're on ground, fight until the end. And uh, so because many times, and many times it is in this our spiritual life that when we experience sometimes like a little defeat, we are not defeated yet, but still we feel that we went a little bit back. And so I said, oh, okay, we give up. We don't continue. And I say, no, 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 until you have a little bit strength still continue in fighting. And there are those moments when, especially in times of temptations, that uh, we are giving up very soon. That we are, okay, I am not able, just situation, we say, but it is like horrible day, bad day, when something, is, everything is falling apart and everything is making us like angry or annoying, annoyed or, and, and everything what we wish is just to finish the day, to go to sleep and make this day is over. And many times we give up during, during days like this. And uh, there's a, some kind of resignation that even many times we don't have a desire to even, even like to say our prayers even because we are disgusted because what we have done, how we acted. And, and this is happening. But it doesn't mean to be bad situations, and, but even on this level of mind when we are fighting with our thoughts and suddenly we can realize that, okay, I failed. That this, that I am fighting, fighting, but those thoughts are coming back, and there are like flies annoying. And in one moment, I said, "Well, I'm giving up." Those moments are very often uh, present in our mind, and we um, said, "Don't give up. God's help is here." Um, this is one encouragement from this text. And mm -hmm. the second thing is very, very important. Um, this is important because he explains something that uh, causes a lot of questions in our minds. When we read gospel and we read those God's promises, uh, which are there and we try to use these promises in good things and it doesn't work. There was well I, can, I will use my personal one very very personal like, experience that when my father, before he, he got stroke and bleeding to, to brain, and so he was like uh, two weeks in hospital, but trying to heal them, and then decided to make surgery. They opened her skull and they removed his blood there, whatever the clock there, and uh, 
and he was after surgery two days I think he was still like in sleeping mode this artificial sleep they kept him this and but I had to go to seminary I, I was I came home for a few days but I had to return back because there were like the end of school year and I had to make these uh, tests and everything and I, I didn't have permission to stay longer so I remember that this day when I was leaving evening so afternoon I went to hospital and they allowed me to to go to see him and it was after this this uh, season after a feast of ascension of Lord and there there was um, this in these days the liturgy was this gospel that uh, that you ask for everything it will be given to you and I went there and uh, I really was praying uh, over him that God that so actually I didn't ask for never for some kind of things you know extra but now I'm praying you praying to you that that for healing and I was living this hospital with hope I, I said well God promised that if we pray with faith he promised that so I left and uh, it was it was Thursday uh, I'm sorry it was Wednesday on Thursday I I came to, to seminary I traveled whole night seminary made this like three tests in one day <laughs> and next day another test I don't know how to, there was God's help there for sure and then it was Saturday and Sunday was Pentecost so I called morning home that what is situation we didn't have cell phones there was no so I just called from post office morning and we went to church and my mommy, she told me about this great because he is like, I mean, he's, he started to move his hands. He was able to see it. He asked for food. So I said, oh, so if I was giving thanks during all this literature of Pentecost, so I said, God hurt me. I returned back to seminary then from the liturgy, and there was this news that he died. And this was like a huge punch for me, it raised a lot of questions, you know, that why, if we are praying, our, our prayers are not answered? And, well, this was, uh, well, many explanations can be, but we have similar situations when we ask God in serious things and we keep in mind that it is written in the Gospel. These promises are given in the gospel. And so why it doesn't work? Uh, and uh, this text, he explains that. There are many reasons, you know, but well, one of those reasons he explains and in general is that he, how it is in English, he does not want us to be lying idly on our backs. Therefore, he does not affect everything himself. 
many times he doesn't answer these our prayers. And there are two reasons. He doesn't want us to become proud. This is why he doesn't answer everything what we ask for. As the second thing is that we are not pure enough. You know, that uh, we are not pure enough. We are, you know, sometimes I, I don't want to go so radical, but maybe for understanding, I will put it in contrast. Sometimes we have this courage to beg God for big things, but we are so far from Him. We are, we are like uh, slaves of our passions. And, and uh, I just certainly says that a person who is in this state doesn't have boldness in front of God. It means he's, he says that his prayer is not so bold, not, not so strong, I would say, in front of God. And, and Theodorus says this, that, that who wants to have like share on God's glory, so then he purify own soul from all earthly pleasures. And this is the soul uh, about which God says that I will dwell in this soul. This is something what we have to many times realize that uh, when we are it is it is pleasant for us to hear these promises, but well, we cannot be God's enemies when we try to fulfill on these promises. And and uh, it is it is. Uh, I don't say that God doesn't answer some of these prayers, but at least we have to be realize where we are. It. This understanding of state of the heart should put us to this mode of humility. That I know that I am not worthy to ask for those things. But I am asking because I know that I depend on this. But then I ask with this correct setting in my heart. And this. If you remember, Briancha, you know, when we were talking about prayer, about preparation for prayer, he was talking about that, that before you start to pray, prepare your heart for prayer. Realize who you are. Don't start to pray as a person who uh, deserves this God's attention. You know, that, and, and this is very powerful, and we don't do it many times. Um, and even these huge saints who purified their soul and heart, they, they were approaching God in prayer with trembling heart, with, with uh, humility. And this is why they were heard. And, and, 
and this is what we even don't try to, we don't teach even like I think uh, our children there's no formation in this that this correct approaching of God to God uh, God is not a slot machine and I have to realize that that uh, it's not is that I have to approach him you know like Branchino said if I remember well it was like Remember that you are approaching king. You sh- so you should be like um, in this position and standing like you are standing in front of king. And uh, and we have to remember that. Uh, and uh, it, it is like even like proper position, you know. To have during prayer, prayer bodily. So, so it is. It is, uh, but not only this helps, but especially this setting of our mind. And he he says that who fights for to this purification of soul and comes to this purity of heart and mind. So then, uh, for sure, everything will be uh, uh, be given what what is promised. Does it make sense what I'm saying? So uh, I think that, well, it needs like more details and specification there, but this is like very rough. Uh, explanation and uh, and uh, but it is our taste we have to give up some kind of this false idea that well we are in that state that well now we call upon God and he will fulfill that you know and he and for sure he can but it would not serve as well because if we are not approaching him in correct way in prayer for for some kind of grace or help and he would fulfill that we would we would um, become like proud we would never change there was no need for us to change I returned to the, this my experience that I was struggling with that because for sure the prayer I was sure about the prayer was correct, you know. But uh, but uh, then I realized later that well, it was selfish because God had His own plan and was trying to step in and to force him to follow my will one thing another thing is that uh, at the time uh, for sure I cannot say that my spiritual life was some kind of mature you know and actually actually this this refusal or prayer caused and Things which happened later caused that uh, that all the situation was like 
something what was like pushing me towards correct direction. You know, because many these ideas and structures about how faith is working was destroyed and I have to discover it like somehow or rebuild it in correct way with our both spiritual fathers. So this Samuel. It can be so easy to become complacent in prayer life. <clears throat> and it can be so easy to compare yourself to other people or people that you're praying for. So then uh, then the role kind of changes like I want them to come to where I am. Um, uh, could you comment on that? And well, I mean, you kind of already did, but uh, I was just also thinking about how spiritual reading kind of jolts you out of that. Because if you read about the saints and you see uh, the standard that they held themselves to, and then even seeing uh, like mystical experiences uh, of them coming before Christ's judgment seat and things like that, and how. They, even they weren't perfect, yeah. and then, then that convicts us. Um, any thoughts on, on that? Well, one thing is that when we are really young, we have this experience. You who are here for many years, some of you. So we we have this experience that what they say many times destroys what we think about our faith. That it is, they are giving us really totally different, sometimes, advice than we are used to have or how we were formed so far. And many times it, it was very, it was not comfortable for us to accept their advices, this holy teachers of spiritual life. But it uh, there, there was like one story talking about some kind of uh, from, from present time. Uh, I read a year ago, two years ago, there was a story from one Greek monastery. I, I think on island Tinos, which is like, there's like pilgrimage place for Greeks and uh, uh, they uh, there were like pilgrims and uh, there was like one couple with sick child I don't remember what what kind of sickness it was and uh, uh, they were uh, when they were there so a monk was going around, they stopped him and they said, well, can you pray for my child, for our child? He or she is sick. And he said, why don't you pray? And they said, well, we prayed. And he said, you should have bigger faith. And he just made a sign of cross over the child and continued and they realized the child was healed. They started to run towards him and just thanking. I said, well, how are you surprised, you know? Live with God and God will answer. God is good. God will answer your, question, your prayers. 
and I was, when I was reading this story, and in this story you can find like echo of many stories from these desert fathers and from, from, from life of saints, and uh, they lived in so huge unity, intimacy with God, that they had this courage just to say short prayer and miracle happened. And they were not surprised. They knew that. And, and I was thinking at the time that, well, it was like a huge challenge. He's, I said, well, I am really like those parents. If I am praying, if people ask for prayer, and I'm praying like, like those parents. And, and, and the problem is, you know, that again, is that, that uh, we are, we went so far from the spiritual tradition. And you left this tradition. I was talking about this yesterday. There was this some kind of cut because in, I think that when we, this society started to change very radically in the last century, I think that the younger generation, they saw ways of spiritual life of their parents like uh, this old-fashioned. And they were searching for new ways, modern ways. And it didn't work. And actually, it might work on emotional level. It brought some kind of excitement. It was different than these old forms. But, but they slipped from this uh, desire to go to this deep intimacy with Christ, uh, we went from this intention, we went towards like to be satisfied emotionally. In our lives, when we started to consider that, that this is the spiritual life, when I have this excitement. And from that started this journey searching for new and new ways how to receive this excitement. You know, and if there is no excitement, so we thought that this is not correct way. But when we read these texts, like this one and what we read before, we see that these teachers, they teach us, well, it is work. It's hard work. It is hard work on, on our and cleanse your heart and mind. And for sure, the, uh, God gives these candies from time to time, but mostly it is really effort. We had, uh, today we, when we had uh, this solar group, uh, we talked about Briancha, you know, and there was like, we talked about passion, this, this bad sadness, Atsedia. Know, and um, how and the noon, the demon, you know that uh, which causes this laziness that we don't want to do anything. We have no, and and we were talking about this uh, uh, order or discipline monks they have. They don't have free time. Their time is filled with work. No, like spare time. No, there is, but even the spare time is 
dedicated to some kind of meaningful rest. It's not like wandering, you know, something. And uh, and there is a reminder of these holy fathers that well, you have to be in work. You have to work on yourself. You have to keep yourself busy all time, you know, and. Uh, and it is tough because when I s- come to this this uh, temptation of this bad sadness, for example, or some crisis melancholy, you know, when I have no desire to do anything, I have to force myself, and there is no excitement there, there is no pleasure there. It is hard work. I have to force myself violently. Prayer is the same thing, you know. If I have prayer rule, and uh, uh, how many times you say, you know, like home that, oh, we have liturgy today, and I, I don't want, <laughs> you know, I have to do every do everything else, you know, and. You have to force yourself. It's tough. And the same thing is with prayer, with this structure which we have. How it is difficult to sometimes to keep this um, discipline, uh, regular prayer during the day, or other spiritual-like works. But there is no other way. We have to defeat this state of our mind to, or to purify our mind and heart through this ascetical work. It's it's really violent we are doing, but through this we are removing uh, slowly, we are becoming free from these passions and through this our prayer is becoming stronger and better, deeper. And slowly we are with God's help, you know, we are coming to to that uh, state when we suddenly, through this purity of heart and mind, we we can stand up and we can ask God for things with with courage, boldness. I don't know if I answer your question. I don't mean that our prayer doesn't have value uh, before, but I, what he is saying that 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 if we are not heard during the process of purification, many times it is because it is good for us. Because we are weak still, and it might cause damage to us. Because then it would be easily done that well, the pride would come to our heart, and we would stop our efforts. And this happened to many people. This temptation. Does anybody know what the word sukkah means? I don't know where I am. It has to do with like com- comfort. Oh, comfort? Yeah. Like okay. console. Mm-hmm. Okay.
Ah, yeah. Oh, okay. All right, can you continue? There's a text or there's a question? Comment? So text number seventy. We are moving ahead. Okay. Speed light. Speed light speed. <laughs> One of the ancients spoke wisely and simply about thoughts. Judge thoughts, he <coughs> said, before the judgment seat of the heart, to discern whether they are ours or those of our enemy. Place those which are good and properly our own in the inmost shrine of the soul. Keeping, keeping them in this inviolable treasury, but chastise hostile thoughts with the whip of the intelligence and banish them, giving them no place, no abode within the bounds of your soul. Or to speak more fittingly, slay them completely with the sword of prayer and divine meditation, so that when the robbers have been destroyed, their chief may take fright. For, so he says, a man who examines his thoughts strictly is one who also truly loves the commandments. Yeah. All right, very important text, and there are so many things we can think about. And uh, I was touched by this that he said that we have to uh, find English. Uh, we have to chastise hostile thoughts with the whip of the intelligence. And it, I, I, this was a little bit strange for me, but, uh, but what he's trying to tell us that, and this important message for us, if we want to really fight with our thoughts and to test our thoughts, and we, have to, we want to stop them in the beginning, we have to know what is good and what is bad. And this is, this is I even like Holy Father's Day, really warn us that we should not stay on this level of intellect. You know, that in our faith that we always should hold on this level of news, but he's not using that, that uh, we, it's important to have this knowledge about what is good and what is bad. I would say that this is what we are doing during the book studies and when we were talking in previous meetings about, for example, when we started Brianchi, you know, he was talking about how to follow Christ. And uh, it was a long chapter. We spent several months over that, and it probably it might be like very surprising that what does it mean? And he went to details, and and it it had to be very. It was very tough for us to absorb that. But and and actually, they're not here now, so I can. It's freely. Uh, there was one man who told me that, well, I never knew that this is the problem. Uh, 
by one particular thing. And uh, I, I believe, I trust him, you know, that, but well, then I thought that, okay, how can we move in our spiritual life if we don't know those things? I don't blame him because, well, if he didn't get like some kind, if, if he was not exposed to good formation, so for sure he doesn't know that. But there are many things like that. So how can we fight against temptations if we don't know what is temptation? How can you fight with uh, uh, like bad thought? How can we recognize bad thought if we don't know what bad thought is? We can, for sure, don't take me wrong, that there is like a lot of things we can make judgment, but there are a lot of things we are not able to make judgment. And we are not able to make judgment if it is good or bad because what is missing is this correct understanding what is good and what is bad. And uh, and it is not only about knowledge, some kind of of things of our faith, you know, which we can learn from catechism. Many times it is about. Um, uh, things we are learning here about spiritual life, about spiritual laws, you know how how things are, how how these mechanisms are working in spiritual life, how what is the tactics of our enemy. If we don't know these things, so then how can we recognize what is bad thought? So I think this is when he this um, his counsel is it's going to us and he encourages us through this that we have to learn we have to study spiritual life we have to study look one thing is and I, I have to tell this that as a priest that there is a special uh, intention I have before during this preparation, during proscomedy and during preparation of gifts. And uh, so as a priest I can put there a lot of intentions, you know, that this privilege of some kind. One and one of these is that I'm praying uh, during each liturgy for those to whom I gave bad advice as a priest. And it is, it is like something what uh, I am ashamed and embarrassed and uh, <coughs> it's troubling for me because like studying this, <coughs> these texts and you find a spiritual law and suddenly it clicks to you, how does it work? And immediately I can recall many memories that, well, I didn't give this good advice to somebody who asked me about this problem. I don't say they gave bad advice, but I didn't give this fullness, this real powerful like advice. And it is, it is, it is horrible, something what I feel. So I, have, I know that God covers that with his grace and 
but still I, I, I have to pray for them and to, it's like penance I have to do. But another question for me was, always I have this in my mind, it jumps out that why it is that this nobody told us in the seminary. That while 90% of these things we were supposed to learn, you know, and you have these informations about translations of Bible and how did it go and, you know, I never used that in my life. But, but they didn't teach us these things, how these things are, how does it work in the soul? And, and I, I, it's not only in, uh, on my case, I think that we all of we have this experience that we, when we are learning something, suddenly we know, well, my life would be easier if I know this before. If I know this, like several years ago, I would avoid so many mistakes in my life, or that I would make bigger progress. So, for sure, uh, one thing is to, and I did that, I blame seminary, but uh, we should not blame anybody because our love towards God should push us to gather this knowledge about spiritual life, to have the first to search how to live this life with God, not be satisfied with some kind of general knowledge which is very shallow but really to go deeper to to search for these inner questions and answer and and to read these saints who are masters in spiritual life and they teach us about from their own experience what is good so i think that this 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 uh, comment pushes us or encourages us to to non-stop to study um, uh, these uh, words of Holy Father of the Saints, and uh, if you if you if you read uh, this life story life about lives of these big saints, you can find that they were doing that to the end. Even they reached like really this highest levels of spiritual life stay still saw themselves as a disciples of the saints and they were searching for the wisdom and and they always were finding something would help them in their lives so this is what we are supposed to do and if we are doing that so it probably it's uh, we are in process you know that if we learn something it doesn't mean that we are able to be immediately like that it's, it has to we have to act slowly to transform ourselves but still this thought that I know how it is correct will help me to identify that thought almost immediately it is like uh, when you, when you, um, when you, 
there was there is a story about maybe I said it before about this about a young man who was sent by parents to uh, what is the name for that man who um, puts to diamonds shape jewelry but no you have like rock rock and you have to Br- not brush, you know. To polish stone. Polish, but well, like, to create good shape of the diamond. You are like this mill, and you are well anyway. Yes. So, the diamond was sent to him to learn the how to do this, and he said that that the master he told me, okay, I will teach you. So he gave him a first day one thing to do. He put to his hand rock. It was like a raw diamond, not, not clean, not, okay. These are shape. And he said, hold it. He had to hold it like all day. He was doing nothing. Next day he came, him rock, hold this. He hold it all day. And it was like three months. He was doing nothing there. He didn't teach him anything. Everything what he was doing, holding the rock in hand and going around. And one day, this master, uh, he came morning, I opened his palm and waiting for this rock. And this master gave him rock to the hand. He calls it, oh, this is not diamond. And the master said, now you are ready. You know, so it is. It is something for us that, uh, even through this reading of this text, learning it is that uh, the saints are giving us this this rock to hold. Maybe we are not able to do anything with that because we are not good enough. But after a while, we start to recognize if there is another thought another teaching which is not correct. We, we can recognize this is not correct, this is not right, this is something false. So this is the first step. And the same thing we, through reading this whole us, we are uh, gaining this ability to recognize what is correct, what is right, what is holy, you know, and uh, then if this thought comes, better we immediately we know <laughs> something wrong is here. And this is this is important thing because if we recognize better, we can start to fight with the thought. And this is another part he's talking about. And what he says that well when we recognize this bad thought we have to be. We have to act without mercy and quickly and fast. If you remember, Brianchino, he told us that we should, if we find the thought, we have to deal with the thought like, like we deal with snake. We cut off head of that snake, and it is gone. We don't allow the snake to make. Nestle in, nest in, in our heart. 
So immediately when we when we recognize that well there's a this impulse this um, uh, provocation which comes through this bad thought immediately when we recognize that we just cut it off how we are doing that uh, the monks they had a very good uh, in the desert uh, there was like something what what uh, uh, they followed St. Cassian he says that uh, we have to that a monk who is a new monk and still is like working on his formation that he is supposed to to confess the thought immediately to his spiritual father and also this confessing he's cutting all that 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 thought and it was like practical thing that he went to spiritual father he confessed that and well uh, it was gone uh, we can't do this but it's very powerful there was a story that uh, one monk the young monk was uh, he 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 followed this <coughs> advice and there was one night it started in one night that um, he he the best thought came to his mind so he immediately stood up get up from the bed and he went to the door of his spiritual father saying confess his thought that he so he prayed for him he encouraged him gave him counsel so the young man returned back and after one hour he was back knocking on the door and it was like seven eight night during, during night and spiritual father he always received him and it was going on like several months that he didn't get sleep, his spiritual father didn't get sleep. And then it was that, and then, because of persistence and obedience of that monk, and because of willingness of his spiritual father, God gave him gift that he made him free forever from that passion. But can you imagine that he was following that for several months, going to his spiritual father several times per day, uh, per, per night, just to confess uh, the thought. Uh, it, it had to be very hard. But this is what, what, how we are supposed to fight with our thoughts. Um, and and it, it is for us too that uh, we probably we cannot follow that example uh, of that man we, that to go several times but always when we have the thought but well we have we have uh, uh, another tools which are supposed to us, to come to us it, it means what we can do is when we can stand up and start to pray you know, Jesus prayer, we can then use other these ascetical tools, uh, fasting or, or uh, prolonging prayers, meditation, spiritual reading. You know, that many times, you know, that there are, there are these bad thoughts and 
we are fighting with them and, and they are returning back, you know, like this mosquito, you know, trying to take some of our blood and how, how easy it is for the, like this advice, like spiritual reading, that if you, uh, during this fight, you s start to read from teaching of saints, from holy gospel, something we, we, after a few experiences, we will find what works for us the best. And really, until until it is not gone, it it will be gone. You know, but we we are not using these tools. I, I couldn't help but smile thinking of uh, the example of Elder Cleopa, and he wanted to keep a nighttime vigil, but he didn't ask his elder's blessing. And uh, uh, he's all set up in a cave, and then he hears a voice, what are you doing here? And he turns and sees this big demon stretched out along the wall behind him and saying, why are you praying here without your spiritual father's blessing? And he ran away. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 yeah, this is, you know, that, but what you are saying is that uh, when I mentioned that story about the monk who was coming, uh, fulfilling that rule, they taught him. And uh, what I can find as a priest is that how many times uh, people tell me that, well, um, I don't want to bother you, you know, like confession, you know. And some people, I think if they come more than uh, once per month that it is like horrible that I abusing prison somehow. No, it's it's uh, it is something what it is for us. For sure, like uh, these kind of confessions are when when I am confessing this bad thought which bothered me, it takes two minutes. Not more. There is no need for some kind of you know that the, the Usually it isn't, and uh, and I have a practical like experience. One with one man who was fighting a very specific uh, thing, our thoughts, and uh, it was bothering him. And uh, I told him, you know, come every day. Also, every day, I say, yes, every day, don't worry. Was, he was coming, like, for several weeks. And he was always, like, apologizing that he's, like, taking my time. I said, no, 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 I, you have to fight. And then what happened was that uh, I said, well, when you have more peaceful, you don't come. You will come every other day when this whole will come. And it was like, in span like three or four months. At first it was really three weeks, like every day. And then it was every other day or every three days, and then once per week. And I think it, in the, it ended once per perhaps in the 10 days or two weeks. But he won. Now, we have these tools. It, it, is, it is not difficult. We just um, don't use these tools. 
Um, one and day we have to we have to fight. And uh, uh, not only that, but I'm just all these things, prayer, spiritual reading, fasting, and all these uh, tools we are we were learning during these years. These arsenal of weapons we can use, and we should use. And and when we are will be using that, uh, very often we will we will become like experts. If there is one kind of thought, bad thought which bothers us, we know what works for the thought, you know, and we know what kind of weapon use against this thought or this thought. We will gain these skills. And uh, if it is connected with confession, there is no, no reason why we would not grow very fast in our spiritual life. Um, all right, I, I was hoping that we will go a little bit further today, but I think that it was working. Well, thank you very much. See you next week. Mm -hmm. I'll be. Everything goes well. All right.